You were listening to the Battle Ready Podcast. My name is Aaron McManus, and I can't stop laughing. And I'm here with my dad, Erwin Raphael McManus. It's good to see you smiling today. It's good to see you. We just had a little bit of food. I feel happy. Well, that's good. (laughs) Uh, So we have so many things to talk about and no things to talk about. But I want to start it off with where Battle Ready was birthed. Because I posted a clip of you Mm -hmm. talking passionately about who we are as a podcast, about battling ideas, about readying the mind, about Mm -hmm. challenging the status quo, about not accepting what someone tells you as as the only uh, fact, I guess, or truth, but really discovering things for yourself. Mm -hmm. I thought it was amazing. I asked everyone on the Instagram to share that reel because I thought it was really special. We put the interstellar background music on it, which just made it sound Hans Zimmer. That was Hans Zimmer, right? Hans Zimmer. Mm-hmm. But I want to kind of dive into it because we were talking a little bit how Battle Ready was birthed inside of Mosaic, but now it's running naked through fields. On its own. On its own. Well, no, really it was birthed out of your imagination when you came to me after I had cancer. Yeah. And you said, Dad, there's so many, if you had died, there's so many questions that I would have wanted to ask you that I would not have had the chance to ask you. Right. And so you asked me to start a podcast so that you could literally have the conversations that you felt you almost lost. Right. And so the so Battle Ready was written or came out of what was written in the last chapter of his, The Way of the Warrior or The Last Arrow. The Last Arrow. The Last Arrow, the last chapter is called Battle Ready. And so... In a sense, this is a continuation of the last arrow. And, and so we didn't know how long we we're going to do this for. We didn't know if it was going to just last a few weeks or a few months. And mm. I don't know how many episodes we have now. We have, what, over 100? Well over 100. Yes, sir. Well over 100. We have 1.2 million listens. That's amazing. Pod, which is pretty incredible. All of you who listen, thank you so much. Yeah, it's really special. And so we, we at first, were just talking about life issues and and then little by little, we started talking about cultural issues. And and then um, in the middle of uh, the pandemic, we kept going and we just kept uh, having conversations. And then it became a lot of cultural, political issues and mm-hmm. psychological and sociological. We've gone to a lot of places. We talked about, we for a while, we were talking a lot about sports. Right. And we kind of went on our sports little journey for a while. And we haven't talked about sports in a while, which I still love. Um, but really, we, we try to talk about the things that are impacting us, that uh, questions we have and um, life issues that our friends are going through. Yeah. And so we try to be super relevant and super timely, Yeah, which is really fun. It's fun. So we were talking about it this morning, like, you know, Mosaic and Battery are separate. Yes. They're not the same entity. For me, there's a clear line. And there needs to be a clear line. Because when I see my stewardship at Mosaic, when I'm speaking on Sunday and uh, on that platform, um, my responsibility is to open up the scriptures and to teach the truths of the scriptures um, to the community and help people see who Jesus is and and to to be able to step into that light that okay. comes from uh, God's truth. Um, I try not to interject my cultural, political, sociological uh, opinions as much as um, I try to bring insights. But battle ready, I, I wanted to have a space where I could be more free to roam, mm-hmm. you know, to explore, to talk about other things that really matter to me, that really interest me. I mean, I I would not talk about why the suns collapsed 
in uh, Game 7 game against seven the Mavs on Sunday NBA morning. Playoffs. Now, I might use it as an illustration to make a point, but it's not really a topic of conversation. Right. But on Battle Ready, I want to be able to talk about that because I want to talk about cultures that, that thrive and cultures that um, actually um, uh, dissipate and, and under pressure. And, and so I, I have a real clean line, a division in my mind because on Sunday, I see myself as a, um, a steward of God's voice to the world and trying to be a, a echo or reflection of God's voice. And here in Battle Ready, I give myself permission to share my opinions and uh, to um, not everything I say is a, uh, is a fact. Not everything I say is a conclusion. Not everything I say is a conviction. A lot of things I say here are thoughts, ideas. I'm still processing. It's raw data. It's raw insight. Uh, we give ourselves permission to change our minds here. The real key to me in battle ready is to elevate the way people think, to elevate the conversation. Right. So when you and I first started, we said, we want to have the conversation that no one else is having, but everyone wished someone was having. And that everyone has behind closed doors, but yes. they're too afraid yeah. that people won't buy their books or show up on Sunday or go to their conferences or listen to their music. Or they're afraid to get canceled. Like, how many friends do we have that are afraid to get canceled? Yeah. They're like, we can't go on your podcast because we'll get canceled. I'm like, who's going to cancel you? They're like, literally everyone on your podcast, <laughs> yeah. both sides. And I'm like, and I, I think sometimes, you know the scene, uh, is it Braveheart where he throws the sword in the middle of the field and everyone's running to go get it? That's Braveheart, right? Yeah. We're that little sword, <laughs> that big yeah. sword, standing alone in the middle of the field and both sides are crashing into, <laughs> into us at the same time. I want to talk about this because, sure. you know, it started initially as, as, as I guess our podcast, mm -hmm. but it's, you know, you're the main guy, but I'm the, the, the main guy who asks questions. See, I, 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 I think our name should be reversed. I think it should say with Aaron and Erwin McManus. I because, like it. Because we are equals on this show and uh, alphabetically your name should go first. <laughs> we are not equals. Ever. <laughs> um, uh, I did. Okay. On, okay. Wait a minute. Let me well, ask you. No no. no, no. I'm going to ask you a philosophical uh, question. Think carefully. Is the question more important or the answer? We're going to take a break. Now. No, 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 no. <laughs> you forced me to answer. Is the question more important or the answer? I think they have a symbiotic nature to them. Mm -mm. Pick one. <laughs> no, no, no. If you have to choose. I want to ask the question. No, and I want you to, to give choose, the answers. If you have to choose. Austin, doesn't he do this to me all the time? <laughs> he does. He even interrupts me if I won't answer. The questions. All right. The questions are more important than the answers. And I would say that's exactly right. Yeah. So in our relationship here on Battle Ready, are you in charge of the questions or the answers? <laughs> in charge of the questions. So if the questions are more important than the answers, and you're in charge of the questions, even if I'm in charge of the answers, who's actually more important to the show? Apparently, Joe's answer on, the I, question. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm doing what you do. I'm saying I'm going to get there. I did a thing on Saturday. I don't know if you saw because you were in D.C., mm -hmm. but you were, uh, we should talk about your D.C. trip as mm -hmm. well. I did like a thing where I looked on Apple Podcasts and just posted all of our reviews for the last like month, just sure. saying thank you to people who review, but also trying to like get people excited to leave reviews on Apple Podcasts. Um, well, j most of them were kind. Um, there was one three star out of five star, but okay. it was like all complimentary. But I was like, 
I was like, my man, did you hit the wrong button? Because you wrote like such kind things and then you hit the wrong button. Jozers said, Aaron gets on my nerves. This is two star, April 2nd. <laughs> this podcast would be a million times better if Aaron wasn't on it. Irwin is a genius and Aaron's responses and how he cuts off Irwin is just lame and rude. Irwin's mind is brilliant in how he articulates his thoughts and processes different ideas. So yeah, my recommendation is like so funny. So yeah, my recommendation would be take Aaron off the podcast and put Irwin with someone better would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, but that's got to like bother you a little bit. No, actually like, oh, yeah. like legitimately not at all. It bothers me. It didn't it 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 only it didn't bother me for like the the only the reason that like I don't know, just like I don't know. We wouldn't have been doing this podcast if I hadn't bugged you to do it. So like, well, we wouldn't have this podcast. What? Yeah, to me, this podcast would not exist if it wasn't for you. So if you think I have a contribution, you are you should feel indebted to Aaron because we're only here having this conversation because of him. Thank you. And Aaron also knows. Would you question or the answer? Would you agree or disagree? Does Aaron get on your nerves? Absolutely. <laughs> like I'm agreeing with him. And on this, you interrupt me way too much. I'm sorry. And uh, I posted. In it. fact, someone else told me, I love Aaron. He's he he's my favorite on Battle Ready. He does interrupt you too much, but then I realize, wait a minute, he's representing every human being who actually wants to ask you a question. Wait, but <laughs> <laughs> but then this happened. But then this like awesome guy, mm -hmm. I, his name's on his Instagram bio, but he DM'd me because I posted it. And I said that, that that response was actually my favorite response. I thought it was a funny review. But he DM'd me and said, this is honestly, this was honestly how I felt when I started watching Battle Ready. It felt like Aaron was so used to being around his dad that he would take his wisdom for granted. Meanwhile, most of us are like, he was about to drop some nuggets on us. <laughs> But the more I watch and the more I like your guys' relationship dynamic as a father of three kids that includes a 15-year-old young man, that is the type of relationship I want to have with my kids. And I responded and I said, hey, I appreciate this message so much. I never meant to come off the way I did slash do at times. A lot of this podcast has been a learning experience for me. My dad is eloquent, a master of communication. It's harder for me to communicate well. I'm learning and eternally grateful for the people who have hung in there along the way. And I really mean it. I do, because I feel like it's been a huge growing And you process. have grown so much doing this. I'm really grateful for the people who still say like, hey, when when friends that I have or friends of yours go like, mm -hmm. hey, I listen to the podcast, like it means a lot to me because they've watched me grow up, you know, yeah. over the last couple of decades. And you're not a person who ever wanted to be in front of the camera. You never no. want to be public. You always like being behind the camera. You always like being a yeah. director, not an actor. I like being <laughs> Austin. <laughs> yeah. Now we put a camera on Austin. Austin doesn't get to be Austin. Yeah. And yeah, and, and people don't realize it about you that I've forced you into uh, the conversation. And a lot of it's because my most interesting conversations in the world are with you. We have a couple of, there's a couple amazing ones that you've had with friends and we're trying to figure out like the right format for it. Mm -hmm. You have an amazing one about the Garden of Eden and Genesis. Mm -hmm. You have an amazing one about hell and the existence <laughs> of it or all of those things. So we're trying to figure out how do we roll out all these things. But anyways, I thought these were just interesting comments. I thought it was fun. I thought the origin story of Battle Ready was so important. It kind of breaking off of Mosaic, how it's obviously, we love Mosaic. You are the lead pastor of Mosaic. Mm -hmm. I have grown up in Mosaic. 
we are adore mosaic but the importance of it being separate from mosaic yes and and i know there have been some people along the way who go wait a minute, wait a minute. you're not allowed to say that you know uh because this is mosaic yeah and i mean frankly there's got to be things in my life that are just me and are just us right but are not mosaic right it, you know because mosaic isn't my whole life mosaic is uh, um a, a, my passion my love yeah uh, it, you know it um but if i were going into the politics i would be talking about political issues and you know if i was a sportscaster i'd be talking about sports issues and and that doesn't make me less of a follower of jesus and this is where it's always so odd to me that a lot of times christians go wait a minute where's jesus and all this i'm going wait wait a minute when did faith becomes so um, segregated from life itself. Yeah. And, you know, to me, all of life is, is supposed to be an expression of faith. And well, it becomes, yeah. I think, singular in one aspect that yeah. you, it's the only thing you're ever allowed to talk about. Yeah. And I don't know where people get that. I'm not sure either. Yeah. You would have a better idea than I would. Yeah. But it brings me into a conversation you had last week. And I do think you should talk to us about Washington because you had so many cool yeah. stories and you got to meet up with some people. But last, I want to say last Wednesday, mm -hmm. you spoke at a pastor's gathering. It was like, a, yes. like I think, a one-day conference. It was called a pastor's gathering. It was called like, a pastor's yeah. gathering. Um, hosted by Chad Veach. Mm -hmm. And, and Chad Veach is a pastor of Zoe. Zoe in Los Angeles. Yeah. I think they meet downtown at the Million mm -hmm. Dollar Theater. Great people. I text, you know, out of all the churches in Los Angeles, uh, the guys from Zoe are the people who reach out and and send the most texts. Wow. Calls, texts, just about life, funny mm -hmm. things. They ask for help. They give help. They're they're friends. They're actually people who try to be friends. You yeah, know? someone asked me about Chad Beach, and I said, if I had to choose between him and me as my pastor, I would pick him. <laughs> and I said, because I, I think that I'm I'm really a philosopher. Yeah. And um, and have never been great at being a pastor. Yeah. And I think Chad is like a true, genuine like pastor. He he just loves people. He's so optimistic, so positive. He's warm. He's encouraging. Um, you know, just a wonderful human being. He's a wonderful human being. But he so he held this this yeah. I think one day conference, maybe a day and a half for pastors from all over the country. And you spoke. Mm -hmm. it was at Bel Air Press, which is like has the most insane view of. The, I guess the valley, it's on the top of Mulholland Drive. So mm -hmm. it's like the eagle's nest. The, the, <laughs> the, 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 the auditorium overlooks the entire yeah, valley. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's insane. Um, I mean, that's got to be like a quarter of a billion dollar property. It's massive. It's, it's pristine. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. The, the, yeah, it's just beautiful. Yeah. They do a great job of keeping it amazing. Um, so you did that. We walk in. I immediately got anxious. I was like, I don't fit here. This feels weird. I get anxiety in these Christian spaces. I feel like everyone's going to hate me. And then I wore a battle ready hat. I don't know why. Maybe it was like my way of being like, I'm kind of a part of you, but I'm kind of different than you. Um, but I had a lot of anxiety. And I told you, I was like, I don't know if I. Yeah, you, you look like you're about to crawl out of your skin. I was, I was, it was, I was hurting. And I was scared to be in a room like that. And then you were there. And we kind of sat in the back. Austin was there. A couple, our team showed up. Mm -hmm. And then we were kind of listening to Chad finish his message. And I thought there was going to be a break, but they pretty much just like handed you the mic. Basically, yeah. And he was like, prayed for his session and then went right into you. Mm -hmm. And you proceeded to give one of the, probably the best, I don't want to call it a message, 
like talks. Yeah. Because it, it was, well, immediately you started off with the band was playing. The band was playing behind you. They, they kept playing. They kept playing. It was like the transition between <clears throat> Chad and you, mm-hmm. you know, and I had texted their guy, Aaron Eisman, like, hey, my dad probably will never like turn around and look at the band. You might want to just tell him like, go home. You know, you can turn, you can stop playing. And at that very moment, you turned around to the band and said, well, I, I think I said something to him like, hey, um, are you guys going to play the whole time I'm speaking? And I said, because like, I said, I don't think your mood and my mood are matching. <laughs> well, you said, you said, you said, uh, I don't plan on being emotional <laughs> yeah, at all. <laughs> I don't plan on being emotional. You guys are like trying to create this emotion. And they, the, what, what, like, what, what champions the musicians? They just started dying laughing. They're putting their instruments away. They're taking their ears out. And it was so, f- they're walking off stage laughing because you just kind of made jokes and laugh. And they turned back around and you went in for, I think, what, 40? How long did you 30 talk? minutes. 30 yeah. minutes? Yeah. And it was just, it was phenomenal. It mm-hmm. was, you were in your bag. You were, it was <laughs> a different, I mean, I don't know, Austin was there. It was just special to be there, right? Absolutely. It was incredible. Incredible. No, and thank I, you guys. And it was so unique. And I want to talk a little bit about the talk. I don't know if you feel mm-hmm. comfortable talking about it, but why did you talk about the things you talked about there? You talked about essentially like elevating the room, elevating your mind and, mm-hmm. and the ideas. You talked about the mind of Christ and you talked about kind of the importance of communication. Yeah, I think some of it is when I see a room full of pastors, there's a part of me that has this overwhelming sense of desperation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really love pastors. I really appreciate the people who give their lives to serve the church, to serve people. And 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 at the same time, I feel like without even knowing it, we get pushed to the bottom level of frequency of thinking and communicating and living. And, and so, yeah, I took this uh, passage, I think it's 1 Corinthians 2.16, where it says, but we have the mind of Christ. And I said, like, if we have the mind of Christ, that would be the mind of the ultimate genius. And that genius is available to us. Why is it always applied to, like, the dumbest things? Hmm. Like, I don't need the mind of Christ to know not to have an affair. Hmm. I mean, there are people without Jesus who know that. Yeah. And I don't need the mind of Christ to know, don't cheat on my taxes. There are people who don't believe in God who don't cheat on their taxes. Like, and so it seems to me like the, quote, genius of Jesus, the mind of Christ, is always applied to things that a person who just stops being stupid could actually figure out. Hmm. And I'm like, is this really the ultimate end of having the mind of Christ? It's always applied to sinning less hmm. and doing less things wrong. And so what I wanted to kind of like propose is maybe we've underestimated what's available to us. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what's accessible to you, then you live without that accessibility um, all your life and you don't even realize that you could have elevated your thinking to an incredibly different level. And I just feel this desperate desire to elevate the level of thinking among so, people of faith. Yeah, so why specifically that moment in that room? Because then you proceeded to go on it ended up being quite an emotional message at the end. Mm. Maybe not because you made it emotional, but because I think there was, I felt like 
you're in a different season of life because, or maybe you're a different season of life, or maybe people are in a different season mm-hmm. that, that maybe the the spiritual topography of people who are leading churches are more open to new things. Because I felt like there were a lot of awkward moments where people wanted to clap, but didn't know if they should, they could, or they wanted to, mm-hmm. but they felt like they were going to. And one thing I always find ironic is when people are in churches and they amen at the Bible verse. <laughs> because because nothing's been oh not that the bible is nothing but it's right. like you're reading something the, the the speaker has not said anything yet right mm-hmm. so you're waiting for like okay this is the foundation of the the text and then here's my ideology around the text my interpretation of the text and then maybe your amen or situation could your you know, your response could happen there right. but that room didn't know what to do with you and there's amazing people who listen to this podcast in that room there's amazing amazing people mm-hmm. just in general in that room um, but, but I felt like at the end, there was a movement where I felt like there was an inherent draw to your, your ideology and the way you were mm-hmm. seeing kind of the scriptures and in relationship to elevating their intelligence, their mind, the way they communicate. You basically said there's no excuses for communicating at a low level, but why, why that room? Why do you think things have changed? Do you feel like the response was good? The response was bad. I'm sure it was mixed based yeah. on who was in the room. I think some of the differences, um, if I can say this, I think I've earned the right to be heard. Mm-hmm. I've been around for a long time mm-hmm. and four decades. And, uh, you know, I'm saying the same thing now that I said at 25 or 23. And I said at 33, I said at 43, I said at 53, I'm saying at 63. And so really- you think you're saying the same thing? Yeah, I've been calling people the same thing almost from the beginning. Huh. No, I don't think so. No, I do. Because every time they catch up, you call them something different. <laughs> well, okay, that's true. <laughs> but I think that that um, the core of it, the refusal to accept the status quo, the commitment to violate a person's view of reality, uh, pressing into the new, the, mystery, the mysterious, the uncertain, hmm. um, I think that's always what's driven me. And so even though the application of it may have, change that has changed over 40 years. The intention was always there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and so in my 20s, I was seen as rebellious. In my 30s, I was probably seen as a heretic. Right. You know? and, um, and in my 40s, it just, it just went on and on and on. Now I'm in my 60s and, you know, sort of like, I'm still here. Mm-hmm. I mean, people literally waited for the chapter of my life to close way before this. Right. And, um, you know, for whatever reason, um, God has continued to give me a platform and to speak into uh, culture. And so I, I think that my, my voice is different in that sense is that now I'm saying it with 60 years of life, 63 years of life and experience mm-hmm. that adds a lot of credibility and texture to it, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, and, and some of it is, is, I think people know that I'm here to stay in terms of I'm committed to them. I love the church, you know? I mean, I have a, a love for Jesus that I don't feel like I have to explain to anyone. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I, I refuse to leave the leaders of the church and the condition they're in. It's not okay. I was, I was angry at myself because the one thing I wanted to say that I didn't say was, um, it's hard work. Like if you want to be great at something, it's hard work. 
and a and a huge part of because I talked a lot about a lot of Christianity is is magical and superstitious. It's not actually deeply spiritual. Because when you know when you think, oh, you know, I, I'm called to preach, so now I have the Holy Spirit and I have this gifting, um, I have this anointing, so I don't have to prepare, I don't have to work hard, I don't have to refine my skills. I and it it it's just a level of of um, I, I think it's dis disrespectful to the gifts and talents in a person. Greatness never. Um, is achieved without hard work. Mm. And I just want to say these pastors and these speakers, like if if you believe you have the most important message in the world, then do the hard work of being great. Mm. And I just had a conversation last week with someone and I said, you know, you're incredibly gifted. Your, your ceiling is that you're not teachable and that you don't accept critique. And if you don't, learn how to accept critique, you basically have limited your capacity and you will not expand. Mm. And I don't care how old you are, I don't care how mature you are, I don't care how long you've been doing this. And I will tell you this, 65-year-olds who are growing are more teachable than 25-year-olds who are not. Mm. Being teachable makes you adaptive and flexible and allows you to keep changing and growing. So interesting. You sent me a clip of Warren Buffett talking mm -hmm. about it, what are three pieces of advice you would give to people and uh, who are looking to grow or become like great leaders, mm -hmm. uh, great businessmen. And the first thing he said was investing in yourself and becoming a great communicator. Yeah. He said the key to um, success is your ability to communicate effectively. Yeah. And he said this is the most important investment you can make in yourself. Which is so interesting to me. Yeah. So, and he even talked about the contrast of people going to Harvard or Yale or Ivy League school, but if you do not learn how to communicate effectively, you will limit your capacity to achieve and to succeed. And one thing that I loved about this pastor's gathering in the last five minutes, you, 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 I noticed you were ending early and I was like, wow, he usually, you usually go into like the very last second. Mm -hmm. You always end on time. And you, were, you, you looked at Chad and he's like, I'm going to do five minutes of Q&A. And he was like, okay. And then, you know, you did it. And the first guy was a guy named Andy. Mm -hmm. And he gets the mic, stands up, asks the question, and says, the first thing I want to say is, when you launched the Art of Communication, I thought you were going to charge 10 times more. And when I saw how much it was, I was relieved. And then when I got into it, I was mad because you could have charged 10 times more because this was so valuable to he me. He said, yeah, you definitely undercharged. You undercharged. It's changing his life. He gives you. He gave you so much credit and honor. And we don't. We don't know him. I mean, we just know him now. And it was a remarkable moment to watch. I was like, "This is it. This is art of communication." He's communicating at a high level in a room full of his peers. This is amazing. So, if you haven't checked out the art of communication, you should check it out. The art of communication. Oh, and people ask me, "Is it too late to buy the art of communication and no. to jump into the live Q and As?" And that, no, the moment you pick it up. You're invited to the very next one, Tuesday morning, 9 a.m. Yes. Pacific time. Yes, you're invited to the next one. We're doing a series of 10 of them. Mm -hmm. So this is this will be week six out of 10, which is pretty amazing that yeah. you're doing it. Um, and you can get all the previous ones because they're recorded and they're now available to everyone yeah, who's a part of the, the Art of Communication. Yeah, they're in yeah. the bonus video section yeah. of the Art of Communications back end. Um, I'm really excited. I think it's amazing and it's life-changing uh, material and conversations and coursework. It started as six plus hours and we've invested, uh, I guess another six hours. So it's 12, Already, 13 yeah. plus hours of masterclass coursework. 
um, and really, really, really fascinating conversations in the Q and A's. Um, so if you're if you're wondering if you're like, man, I've been waiting. This is the time. Invest in yourself. If you can't listen to us, listen to Warren Buffett. I think he's done all right. If you don't know who <laughs> Warren Buffett is, Google the man. Invest well, in yourself. Get yeah. out of communication. One guy who runs a company told me he's um, trying to figure out how to integrate authority communication with all of the salespeople in their company. Really? Yeah. So that would be really, really exciting. And, That's amazing. Yeah. And I just think that um, I, I know with as a parent with you and Mariah, I focused on you guys knowing how to read knowing how to write and learning how to communicate. I figured you knew you needed enough math to pay your bills and to make sure nobody was embezzling your money. <laughs> right. uh, but um, communication, whether it's in written form or in verbal form, is so critical to a person's success. And, and it's really critical to happiness because if you cannot communicate effectively, you'll never make the, the human connections you wanna make. It's really important. And I know for me, um, communication has been the singular skill that has transformed my life, uh, both learning how to communicate on a stage and learning how to communicate in a room with a handful of people and learning how to communicate through writing books. It's amazing. And, and um, frankly, I, I think it opened the whole world. The reason when I first started directing things, it was so natural is because most every art form is a form of communication. And the moment you know how to communicate, you can translate that into almost any arena. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, I think I've been a recipient and a product of your ability to grow. Mm -hmm. I was a very anxious, stuttering, not well-spoken human being. And you've helped me so much. I mean, I have a long way to go. I'm definitely not a master, mm -hmm. you know, but I'm, we're, we're getting there. We're going. We're, we're, we're making progress. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to talk about this conference summit seminar ted thing that we just came up with that we created well you know we or should um, we not talk about it i mean we could tease it should we tease it yeah should we say when we should say when yeah so this coming october in 2022 i think it's october 6th through 8th through 8th I believe it's the seventh through eighth. It's, no, it's uh, Thursday, eight. Friday, and Saturday. Okay, yeah, well, no, no, it's Friday and Saturday. You're right. Well, there'll be a Thursday. It's a it's a shadow day. For, shadow day. And um, so October sixth, seventh, eighth, here in Los Angeles, most likely right here in Hollywood, we're going to be having an experience here. But um, it's not a conference in the classic sense because people can register for conferences. This is really a private experience for people who want to be a part of an ongoing learning community. And much like Ted and much like some, uh, many of the other communities I've been a part of for years and years and years. And so we don't really want to just open it up to everyone. It's going to be by private invitation. But if you want a private invitation, um, let us know. And, uh, and then we'll send you... Uh, I think an application, then you can be a part of what we're doing here. Yeah, um, There'll be, I think, probably three different price structures. One will be incredibly inexpensive because we don't want money to be the reason people don't come. We want the right people in the room. And then there's going to be an incredibly expensive uh, uh, option as well right. uh, for those of you who want to invest in what we're doing and, and make a bigger contribution. And and, and so we want to make it possible. Themselves. Yeah, and, and yeah. Themselves. Yeah. Uh, you're like, there's no question. 
I called it the Paddock Club. The what? The Paddock Club. What is that? In Formula One, uh, it's called the Paddocks. Mm-hmm. So all the garages where the cars come out of is called the Paddocks. But above yeah. it is like where they have all the boxes. They call it the Paddock Club. Oh, wow. So you can sit above and you can look down into the car garages. And I was like, okay, so this is for everyone who wants to know how we do the things that we do. And we're focusing on culture, creativity, leadership, leadership, and communication. Communication. So those four topics, it'll be a two-day experience. Yeah. And essentially, we're kind of doing a, a micro-release mm-hmm. where you have to apply and give us your information, let us know who you are and a little bit about yourself. And essentially, like if accepted, once accepted, you can share that link with one to maybe two other people mm-hmm. that can also apply. Because we want to really curate an intimate, uh, specific, uh, specific in like an intentional way, mm-hmm. uh, room of community of people who want to learn, who want to be more creative, who uh, want to take thinking to the next level and really build into, I guess, the future of what we're gonna do, mm-hmm. which is really exciting for me. I think it's really amazing. I, I'm very, very excited. I think creating a learning community that has some level of engagement throughout the year and the conference or, or the events we do will be a part of it, but it's not all of it. Right. So if you just wanna attend a conference, it isn't the right place to come. But right. if you wanna be part of a learning community where a conference is a part of it, Right. Then it's the, exactly the right yeah. thing. It's almost more of like a summit. Yeah. Or like where well, people come together who are journeying together. Yeah. Yeah. It's less about you sit down and you listen. It's more about what you're bringing to the table and mm-hmm. how you're uh, inputting information and how that's directly connected to your output, but also your, your relationship to other people's in the room. Yeah, because we want to make sure that whatever table you're sitting at, whatever room you're in, everyone at your table is interesting. Yeah. Like everyone is coming to learn, everyone is coming to contribute. Yeah. And I think that's when you have a great environment when there's an energy in the room because everybody's there leaning forward and creating together from the different places they're at in the world. And it's so interesting because it's it's kind of the opposite of, I guess, most conferences. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we've been a part of conferences in the past where we're like, you know, you want to fill a stadium or you want to fill mm-hmm. a theater. You want to, and we were like, what's our projected number? We're like, we want it the most intimate setting. We want the content's going to be super high level. Mm-hmm. There's going to be fascinating guests. We're mm-hmm. not going to tell you any of this, probably. It'll mm-hmm. slowly release. Yeah. The first release, will, you'll know almost no information except for the dates, what it costs and where it's at, and you're going to have to go from there. Yeah. I think we made a really a fundamental shift. What was the fundamental shift? Uh, most conferences go, um, we're going to do a conference. We need 500 people or we need 1,000 people or 5,000 people based on the size of their building. Right. And we basically said, um, we're designing our experience not based on how many people we need in the room, but what kind of people we need in the room. Right. So I'd rather have 50 people of the right people than 5,000 people that are just generic. Yeah. And, um, and so I think that's gonna be a part of it, just curating a room of people who are committed to innovation, creativity, who are committed to um, creating a culture that's deeply um, human and, um, and authentic and, committed to the creation of a future humanity. Like to me, this is a really exciting because hmm. you get a room full of the right people, who knows what can happen. Um, I, as we've been processing the kind of the creating of, of this event, it, it's been really inspiring to just go back and forth with these ideas and these concepts and, and this ability, because I don't believe there is a space inside of 
the spiritual space, the business space, the creative space that is like this, right? As, as I think prolific and as incredible and as risky as this will be, I'm really excited. I think the value that is, one, I think there's going to be a link attached at the bottom of this description. So you'll, you'll oh, get, awesome. you'll, you'll, uh, in the description of the bio, you'll get a link. This link is private. Mm -hmm. So I can't promise the link will be up longer than three days. And when you click the link, you'll get three days to make a choice. Yeah. We're not going to tell you the name of the conference. We're not going to tell you the theme of the conference. We're not going to tell you the schedule of the conference. We're not going to tell you um, even who's speaking. Um, well, they probably could think, I think you'll speak. There's a good chance I'll speak. And yeah. I think you might speak on God is Zero. Oh, we'll see. And, uh, okay, no, no, that's all I'm saying. But, but uh, what I, because what we want is we want people to go, no, we want to be a part of a broader community right. and of a movement. And it's not, uh, we're not looking at, is this conference better than this conference? No, the, we want to get, the, yeah, it's, it's yeah. getting the right people in the room. When we were talking about it. It was like, this is, it's not, yeah, it's getting the right people in the room mm -hmm. so that there's like a lifelong relationship that's built. Yeah. That it isn't just this momentary creation. I think moments are beautiful to build, but we want to create a community and a, almost a membership, but a community aspect of this where each person who's coming in from around the world is bringing a value and bringing mm -hmm. uh, a, an idea, an innovative spirit and a leadership spirit, you know, like a, a business entrepreneurship mind and bringing something into the collective whole. This is going to be, I think this is going to change the future for how many, how things are done mm -hmm. inside spiritual spaces, outside spiritual spaces. This is going to be the greatest event, I think, of 2022. And f the fact that they came out of a walk this morning while we're having coffee is, I think, one of the most singularly exciting things that I could be a part of. So we're about 40 minutes in. All right. Shoot, that's it, right? Yeah. No, it's been great. Okay. It's been great. I love talking to you. Um, oh, hey, you know, I'm going to throw out a little mysterious thing. Okay. I might be passing through Barcelona, maybe Lisbon. Okay. Maybe Paris. Okay. Maybe even Lake Como. Okay. In the next couple of weeks. Okay. If you're in that part of the world and um, you know your city, you're from there, and I don't know, maybe you are part of a restaurant or a coffee shop or something like that. Artist. Artist. Filmmaker, something. Businessman. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, would you comment or let us know? Because if we have a chance, maybe we'll get to have a little coffee. Who knows? Who knows? Okay. With that, thank you so much for listening to the Bad Ready Podcast. This was a different one. This was kind yeah. of a, a week in the life of Erwin and Aaron. Uh, we were missing Brooke Odom. We're so grateful that we had Austin St. John in the booth holding it down on the ones and twos right there. And uh, oh, Speaking of that, I will, I will not be doing Battle Ready next week. You won't be doing Battle Ready. So I'm going to be somewhere in Europe for a few days. So I guess the guy who left the comments is going to be pissed because it's just going to be <laughs> me and someone else. <laughs> <laughs> but we know it'll be controversial. <laughs> and, uh, it'll be Aaron and Aaron. He'll be Brad Pitt and Ed Norton all at the same time. <laughs> Hey, that'd make for a great episode. Yeah. Fight Club. Yeah. All right. We love you guys. Thank you for listening each and every week. Uh, you guys can rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, you can also review this or rate this on Spotify. That means a lot. I listen to this on Spotify. I love it. Um, we're also on like Amazon, Google, Android, Satellite. Everywhere you can find your podcast. Everywhere, <laughs> everywhere you find podcasts, we are there. Um, we love you guys. We're super grateful. And we'll jump into some new stuff when you're back from Italy. All right. Going to hey. miss you. Yeah, I'll miss you too. Hey, right, bye. Take care, guys.